What's up, you guys? I'm Andrea. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Inhuman, a true crime podcast. episode i just wanted to give a quick like update about the delphi case because i know a lot of people saw that there was a quote-unquote update it was not an update um there was actually a girl who posted on tiktok being like did tony klein just get arrested and he did if but... he did but it's not related <laughs> right um and it's just a reminder to not spread misinformation um Libby's sister and if you guys have no clue what we're talking about go listen to our Delphi murder episode and then also the update that we posted a couple weeks ago um but Tony Klein is Keegan Klein's dad and Keegan Klein is the one who possibly talked to Libby using a fake account and there was news going around that he got arrested for the murders it's not true it, it looks like he did get arrested, but it wasn't for the murders. And Libby's sister, Kelsey German, tweeted saying, trust me, when there's an arrest, you will hear from law enforcement and the family. And she said, you know, this is why it's so important to not share information that's not coming from official sources like law enforcement or family members, because it hurts the family when this type of stuff is being spread around. So yeah. I just wanted to clarify about that because I know a couple of people have asked um, and you may have like seen that floating around that there was like a Delphi update. It's not. And just be wary if you see something in any case that's not coming from like officials, law enforcement or even family members. Exactly. So just wanted to say that. Yeah. Okay. So today's case, I feel like I say this every episode. Um, It is really brutal it is a doozy and it is a case that i've never heard of before yeah i haven't heard of this one either and it was suggested by one of our listeners bridget so thank you so much for sending that in and it's an an australian case um oh i love australia yeah me too we have we have quite a few australian listeners so shout out to our uh, i can't even say that because it's like too many uh sounds our Australian <laughs> listeners. Shout out to yeah, you guys. Shout out to you guys. So today I'm going to be covering the horrifically brutal murder of Rita Camilleri by her daughter, Jessica. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. So Jessica Camilleri was born on October 12, 1993 to Vince and Rita, and she was the youngest of two daughters. The family lived in St. Clair, New South Wales, and they were part of a Maltese Australian family. Um, and I had to look that up because I was like, I I'm not exactly sure um, yeah. what that is, but it is there. I guess they originated in Malta. Um, oh, so they're uh, what do they call like when you move from one country to another? I'm like having a brain um, immigrants. Yeah, immigrants. Maltese I was immigrants. Say migration. Yeah, immigration. <laughs> that works. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And it was apparent from a very early age that Jessica had some developmental delays and she was eventually diagnosed with a range of medical ailments, including an intellectual disability, autism, and ADHD. Wait, you said this is Jessica, the daughter? Yes. 
Okay. Yes. Her mother took her to see many specialists over the course of her younger years, and Jessica underwent an intellectual testing, and it was discovered that she had an IQ of somewhere between 50 and 60. Oh, wow. That's even lower than what we were talking about in the West Memphis Patreon episode. Exactly. Um, Because the average... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to (laughs) say that we looked it up for that episode, and the average is 85 to... 115. What was that, like 115, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So that's... And Jesse Miss Kelly was, like, somewhere 70 to 80, Mm -hmm. but 50 to 60 is, like, definitely way below average. Yeah. Wow. So as a child, she had delays with basic developmental milestones, such as walking, talking, and coordination... Once she began school, she showed difficulties in her studies, such as reading, writing, and math, and she would often need extra assistance as a result. Unfortunately, due to these issues, she would often be teased and made up, made fun of by her peers, which, like, don't do that and teach your freaking no. kids not to do that because I was, I was bullied and made fun of, not for these reasons, but I was bullied and made fun of when I was in elementary and middle school, and... It's not cool. It's not cool to be no, on the it's not. Uh, opposite side of that. So, unfortunately, um, she began lashing out due to, you know, being teased, which is kind of expected. And yeah. she eventually was diagnosed with intermittent explosive di- disorder in her teen years. Oh, I've never heard of that. So, according to the Mayo Clinic's website, intermittent explosive disorder involves repeated, sudden episodes of impulsive, aggressive, violent behavior, or angry verbal outbursts in which you react react grossly out of proportion to the situation. So, examples of that is like road rage, domestic abuse, throwing or breaking objects, or other temper tantrums that may be signs of this disorder. Okay. Jessica was known to have explosive outbursts in school, and she would actually attack other students and sometimes even attack her teachers. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah. Normally her attacks were towards females, but there was one incident where she bit a male student and refused to unlock her teeth. Oh wow, okay. After this incident, Jessica was asked to leave the school, and at this time she was a sophomore in high school. And when she left the school, she began Novo Transition, which is like a, from the way I understand it, it's like a, um, I can't think of the word, like a resource center where instead of going to school, they they more so put you into like the working environment. You're still a kid. You're still like a teenager. So they do try to like train you and skills rather than, you know, you go to school. Okay. So they placed her at this transitional school, essentially, and once again, her outburst caused conflict, and she was asked to leave. Wow. Yeah. During this time, her parents actually separated, and her father, Vince, constantly worried that his estranged wife could not properly discipline Jessica, and noted how horribly Jessica treated, treated her mother. That's so sad. That breaks my heart. I know. And at first, she she actually lived with her father, um, but then they, the two of them, had an altercation, and then she went to live with her grandmother, and after a sh- very short while, her grandmother could not control her, 
and she had an incident involving her aunt, and she was forced to go live with her mother. Okay. Honestly, some of this sounds like the case that I swear I'm going to be doing <laughs> okay. very soon, but this case that um, this girl just was bounced around between her parents and her grandmother and schools and stuff because nobody could handle her, and then yeah. she ended up doing really bad things. Did she have, like... Um issues like uh mental issues developmental issues things like that or just i don't think she was diagnosed with anything okay but i definitely think she probably did yeah that's interesting yeah so of course her mother did everything she could to care for jessica you know the best that she could and jessica had a major fear of being put into a mental institution so her mother had to constantly reassure her that she would not do that to her But at the same time, she was completely at her wit's end, and she just didn't know what to do with her daughter. Right. And her behavior began to escalate, and at one point, Rita, her mom, paid a medium $2,500 to, quote, get the demon out of Jessica. Wow. So, like, last resort. Yeah. Like, she was, I mean, it was just, she was uncontrollable. Yeah. Yeah. And then she had all these other issues, which just made everything ten times worse, you know? Yeah. That breaks my heart, because it's like, everybody's clearly trying to help her, and they just don't have the resources or haven't found the right resource to help her. Yeah. So, as Jessica entered adulthood, she would often show discrepancies in judgment and awareness of other people's thoughts, feelings, and pretty much lacked empathy altogether, Um, Which those can be common symptoms of persons with autism. You know, they just lack some of that social awareness. Um, So Jessica had a major fascination with horror movies and she would hyperfixate on them. She spent hours and hours every day for years watching the same horror movies. And in one of the sources I read... um, she would actually like when it would get to the parts so for example she loved jeepers creepers texas chainsaw massacre saw and you know those are very graphic horror movies Mm -hmm. um and she would like get to the scenes where the graphic material was being played and she would just rewind it watch it rewind it watch it rewind it over and over and over again wow okay yeah which is not healthy (laughs) i mean Mm -mm. you know watching horror movies like that's fine. You know, a lot of people have interest yeah. in horror movies. Like, I used to love horror movies. No, not so much. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, hit or miss. Um, yeah. But at, at that level of, of obsession, like, that's very unhealthy. Yeah, that's an obsession. And, yeah. I mean, we all know that I don't like horror movies. <laughs> but there's, like, definitely stuff that I will watch a ton of. Mm-hmm. But that type of obsession where you are literally nonstop watching the same scenes for more than just like oh like it was scary or I liked that scene or something like that like there's clearly something else going on I can tell you I went and saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre the first remake that they did with Jessica Biel in theaters Mm -hmm. and I slept with my light on in my room for a week I was so scared wow yeah anyway and she just was watching it over and over yeah and she was watching it over and over And that is why I don't watch that shit, because no, thank you. Yeah, it's brutal. Like, 
I'm not even looking forward. I mean, I am, but I'm not even looking forward to watching the Watcher House series that's coming out on Ooh, Netflix. Which, by the way, it's more like a thriller. Listened. <laughs> if you haven't Sidebar. listened to our episode on that, um, we covered it on episode. Hold, please. I think it was 27. 81. Oh, 27. 20, 20, 81. 81. <laughs> 27. Um, and they're coming out with a Netflix series on it. So go listen because I actually watched the trailer and the Netflix series is way more. It's like a dramatized version yeah. of it. It's not like a documentary or anything. Yeah. So I think it's like. Like the Dahmer show. The story. Like they exactly. took an actual story and turned it into a drama. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this is like just based off of it so it's like it's good to know the story beforehand um but anyway i'm not looking forward to watching that because it looks freaking terrifying but i am gonna watch it and it is more thriller than like true horror but still horror stuff is creepy and to be re-watching it over and over and over again it's not good for your mental health for sure no not at all i mean just what we do like covering Mm -hmm. these cases and, and going over all the details of that can be a lot for your mental health. Like, sometimes we have to take breaks and breathers and, you yeah. know, vent to each other and talk each other through it and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So, even Jessica, like, just, I just can't imagine just continuing to play that. Yeah. So, at one point, her older sister, Christy, actually took away two of Jessica's favorite horror movies, which was Jeepers, Creeper, Jeepers Creepers and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because of how obsessed she was with them. But Rita, her mom, always gave them back to try and keep the peace, which I right. I just I sympathize with that so hard. Like, having a toddler, you know, you got to pick your battles, and there are some times where I'm just like, I just don't feel like going through the drama, going through the meltdown, the temper tantrums. And I can only imagine dealing with an adult in that situation, you know? Yeah. So I do have sympathy, you know, for her mother. But Rita was Jessica's only caregiver at that point, And she was at her wits, wits end with her daughter. And she just did whatever she could to appease her and keep the peace. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you have to do at yeah. some point. Unfortunately, yeah. So, Jessica struggled with day-to-day activities such as grocery shopping, transportation, employment, and taking care of her living spaces. Christy, her sister, would later share that Jessica enjoyed the attention she received from men. The attention excited her and made her crave it more and more. She would go as far as to make up phone numbers and call these numbers hoping that a man would answer oh wow yeah that's intense and she would like uh so another thing um she would like hyper fixate on numbers and she had like favorite numbers and she would just dial those numbers over and over and over again and it would it would end up being like an actual telephone number and she would like try to talk to the people on the other line wow was hyper fixating like this part of that thing she was diagnosed with so hyperfixation is uh, a symptom of autism, and it's a symptom of ADHD. So, okay, yeah, th- and those were two things that she was diagnosed with, and she was she was diagnosed and probably misdiagnosed with several things throughout her mm-hmm. life. Um, and I just I don't know I don't know what she actually ended up for sure having, but she definitely was autistic, and she definitely had um, ADHD. Okay, just based on you know, what I've read about her and, like, the things that she, like, the symptoms she had. Right. 
Okay, so in 2018, Jessica began calling the numbers of staff at a Victorian meat company in Dalesford, and she would talk to the boss, Matthew Layfield. And of course, it didn't take long for her to develop a crush on Layfield. After some time, Jessica began making threats to other male staffers that would answer the phone, and she even went as far as finding out Layfield's wife and sister-in-law's number, and she would call and make threats to them as well. Oh my god. She would threaten to cut off their heads with a chainsaw and flush it down the toilet. Oh my god. Yes. These calls to Layfield and his company would go on for about a year before they grew concerned and Layfield called Rita and told her that things were getting out of hand and that she needed to try to stop this from happening. Wow. That's really scary. It is. There was a local man that she would call over 30 times a day and tell him that she hoped he died from cancer. Oh my god. She also called the number of a Bangladeshi family up to 100 times a day just because she liked their phone number. And she didn't know wow. them from Adam. I mean, she she just yeah. liked their phone number and would call them, a, a, you know, up to 100 times a day. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of obsessive behavior going on here. Yeah. Friends of Jessica said she was extremely demanding and was sometimes verbally abusive towards them and her mother, but Rita cared for her daughter tremendously and she would always defend her to everyone. Yeah. As an adult, Rita again took Jessica to several different types of specialists and she eventually agreed to start hypnotherapy in hopes that it would help with her, you know, erratic behavior. Right. But, unfortunately, it did not. And in November of 2018, Jessica was admitted to Nepean Piaia Unit Psychiatric Hospital for nine days for an episode of severe mood disorder, and she was placed on lithium for bipolar and antipsychotic medicines. So, again, another diagnosis. Yeah, Wow. After she was discharged, she stopped taking her medication and eventually stopped taking all of her medication altogether, which is like never good. good. Even just like if you're just on like an antidepressant, you should never just like cold turkey stop taking it. Yeah, that's really dangerous. It is. It can cause like seizures and like all kinds of shit. So don't do that. By April of 2019, Jessica began seeing a homeopathic doctor since she was seemingly doing better. Even though despite, you know, despite her being off her meds, she seemed to be doing better. She seemed to be having less, you know, outburst and her mental instabilities were kind of, you know, lessening a little bit. Mm -hmm. But after a few months, she stopped seeing this doctor as well. And it was then that her mental health took a nosedive. Oh no. And then, um... I'm just going to play, I know that we don't always like to play the 911 call, but I'm going to play the 911 call, so if you want to skip forward about 30 seconds, I would suggest doing that now. Hello, this is Alison from Police Emergency. We just received a call from this number. Uh, Yes, I need you to get the ambulance and the police out here immediately. To which address? 
Um, 128 St. Clair Avenue, please come. I need you. This is our immediate our life or death situation. Which suburb or town is that in? St. Clair, St. Clair, okay, St. Clair. Okay, so 128 St. Clair Avenue, St. Clair. And what's the nearest crossroad, please? Um, what's the nearest one? Listen, can you can you talk to the neighbour? I'm busted. Can you just talk to him? And uh, she said to me, uh, she had a fight with uh, her mum, I think. Okay. Um, My mum tried to stab me and I pulled her, I think. So did she just say her mum tried to stab her? I don't know, because... What, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. And I, in self-defence, I think I killed her. Yes. Can you tell him to come immediately? Yeah, can, can you please uh, just come immediately, please? Okay, so she believes that she may have killed her her mother. Mum has ha had enough of me because I admit I've been a challenge, and this this ongoing thing's been going for months. Months anyway. Um, she she had enough of me. She grabbed me by the hair and dragged me from my room all the way to the kitchen, and she got a knife and she tried to stab me with it. And I grabbed the knife off her because I thought she was going to stab me, so I stabbed her back. And I was so heated up with anger, I just kept stabbing and stabbing and stabbing her, and I I, I took off her head. Her head is, um, I, I ran to my neighbour, not this neighbour, um, my other neighbour before this mum, who's on the other side, he was at work. Uh, I told him to call the ambulance and the police immediately. He's going to do so, but no one's at home because everyone in the family is at work now. Okay. So he wasn't much help. He said, all I can do is I'll call the police and the ambulance to my address. And I thought it was going to take a bit of time, so I ran to my other neighbour on the other side. Okay. Um, and I had my mum's head in my hand. I know this sounds insane. On the morning of July 20th, 2019, Jessica had received a call from their neighbor, Miss Hurd. Miss Hurd. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Who needed to be taken to a hospital because she was experiencing chest pains. Rita was caring for her four-year-old grandson, and Jessica was very jealous of him. But that morning, Jessica, Rita, the little boy, and Miss Hurd all loaded up in the car and headed to the hospital. While waiting for their neighbor to return, Jessica was allegedly yelling at her mother, saying, quote, you have this little bastard too often, and then accused her mother of always embarrassing her in front of others. Because evidently during her outburst, there was a couple of men standing nearby mm -hmm. that were watching, and she blamed her mother for this. Okay. During all of this, you know, during the confronta confrontation, the little boy became very emotional and was reportedly crying in the back seat of their car. Uh -huh. They ended up just leaving. Um, I guess Miss Hurd was okay, and they just ended up leaving her at the hospital. And when they arrived home, out of desperation, Rita called a doctor named Dr. Eliza, who made house calls, and told him that um, Jessica's stomach was hurting, just to try to get him there so he could help. Gotcha. Okay. He arrived a little after 9 p.m. that evening, and Jessica was on the phone trying to coerce someone to tell her that they loved her, um, assumingly a strange man. And in one report, I read that it was um, like she was calling a fast food restaurant and just randomly talking to whoever, you know, like she did with the right, other Right, like situations. whoever picked up. Yeah. Yeah. So Dr. Eliza left shortly after since there was not much he could do because Jessica was not exhibiting any violent or irrational behaviors. Around 10 p.m., Rita spoke on the phone with her daughter, Christy, her other daughter. Um, and during Was that her the grandson's mom? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And did the grandson go home? No. 
Oh, no. Okay. So during her call, Jessica Jessica began escalating again, and Rita told Christy that she was going to call an ambulance and have them come pick Jessica up out of fear for everyone's safety because her four-year-old grandson was still at the home. Right. I keep saying Jessica. I don't know why, but Jessica (laughs) grew more and more agitated by this and took her mother's phone. Her mother then ran up the stairs to retrieve Jessica's phone, which apparently Jessica wrestled away from her. And the reason why we think this is because there was visible signs of an altercation in the bedroom. Okay. As I mentioned before, Jessica was terrified of being placed into a mental institution. So, of course, she was going to do everything in her power to prevent that from happening. Right. After this altercation, Jessica dragged her mother down the stairs by her hair into the kitchen. (laughs) And this next part is very brutal. Jessica then held her mother down because she was significantly bigger than her mother and began stabbing her repeatedly with multiple kitchen knives. Oh my God. Yeah. Most of these stab wounds were to her head, face, and neck. The injuries to her neck were so severe, Jessica ended up decapitating her mother. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yeah. The forensic pathologist, Dr. Jennifer Picorni, who later performed Rita's autopsy, said the 57-year-old woman had suffered monumental injuries. She said, quote, She sustained at least 100 stab wounds over her head and innumerable innumerable overlapping stab wounds associated with the decapitation to the neck. So that's overkill. That's so many she couldn't even count them. Wow. Yeah, definitely overkill. Rita also had defensive wounds on both her right and left arm and a few on her abdomen where it was apparent, you know, she had attempted to fight her daughter off. Yeah. Not only had Rita attempted to fight off Jessica, but Jessica's (gasps) nephew and Rita's grandson had as well. Is he okay? Yeah. Okay. Thank God. (laughs) I know. He had been sleeping when he heard the commotion from the attack. The little boy jumped on Jessica, trying to stop her from attacking his grandmother. Oh, my God. But Jessica being, you know, much bigger than him, she was able to shake him off. He then grabbed the lid of his toy box and began hitting Jessica with it. Wow. I know. I'm like, you go, little man. Like, yeah. I'm like, how just brave of your son doing I this. Like, I know. That's exactly what I was thinking, too, because I was like, oh, my gosh, he's the same age as this little boy. Like, Yeah. Wow. When Jessica pushed the little boy away from her, she ended up cutting him with the knife. Ooh. He was cut on his cheek and his hand and had to have surgery to repair his cheek due to the severity of the laceration oh my god but it doesn't sound like it was intentional she just no i don't think so i think she was in such a fit of rage over her mother that she just was like get off you know just like yeah whatever she could do to get him off yeah i'm Um, surprised she didn't attack him more i'm so glad she didn't yeah yeah obviously and I, i like it makes sense because she she was so angry at her mother that that's where like the rage was directed and she was probably so intense into it that she like probably didn't even realize her mother was like dead 
and just was continuing to attack so it's good that she was so focused but wow yeah but like i know because she was so jealous of the little boy and she yeah you know was saying all those horrible things about him earlier that day like i'm so thankful that she did not you know attack him worse than yeah you know um and there was also evidence that he had thrown up likely due to what he had witnessed which that poor that poor little boy i mean that's just like so much trauma there when police arrived on scene they found jessica covered in her mother's blood they discovered the decapitated head of rita on the footpath near the home so the head was outside jessica had evidently carried her mother's head out and dropped it multiple times before finally leaving it on the footpath which i imagine a a footpath is like the little sidewalk leading up to your front door yeah Yeah, that's what i would picture yeah so she had dropped her mother's head head and allegedly she told police that the reason the head was outside is because she was going to show it to the neighbor Oh, oh my god yeah other body parts such as rita's eyes and tongue were found on the kitchen floor including the tip of her nose um crown prosecutor tony mccarthy would later testify that in court and they do not think that that was intentional they think that it was just part of yeah what happened exactly so jessica claimed that she had been acting in self-defense However, oh. she had no bodily injuries. That, that's not self-defense. That's overkill. Yeah, that's definitely overkill. During their questioning, Jessica stated, quote, My mom's head is on the concrete over there. Can they sew it back on? Can, oh you, bring, God. can you bring someone back to life if they don't have a head? The officer, Senior Constable Anthony D'Agostino replied quote that's a bit of a stretch where jessica replied so there's nothing you can do she's a goner because i know doctors can do miracles they can't re-sew her head and it sounds like she actually believed that she i don't even know i don't know if she was just being facetious or if she was just out of her mind in in the rage that she was feeling and just not even really aware of like what actually just happened i don't know yeah so there is police cam footage of police interviewing jessica on the scene um okay and it is very disturbing and i don't recommend looking it up um but in i would just give you a little tidbit um she's covered in her mother's blood Oh, my God. And it's very visible, and it's just, it's very disturbing. And she's very nonchalant and kind of, um, not coy, but, like, I don't know. What word would I use to describe her demeanor? Um, just just kind of, like, carefree, like, oh, well, this thing happened, and here we are. You know, just okay. out of touch with yeah. reality, for sure. Okay. So maybe she really was, like, Oh, yeah, you can just, like, sew her head back on. Like, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, can't you do that? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she did have, you know, these delays in her development, like, maybe yeah. she really believed that. I don't know. I I feel like from what you've told me so far, I feel like she really did. Yeah. 
So after the autopsy was performed on Rita, it was determined that her cause of death was due to multiple stab, wo- stab wounds, stab wounds, and decapitation. Which like, right. <laughs> duh. duh, but yeah. <laughs> um, so the seven-day trial by jury for the murder of Rita began on November 30th of 2020 in the Supreme Court of NSW. So she still was not saying she was guilty. She was saying it was self-defense. Well, at first, yes. So during the trial, or before and during the trial began, like while she was just in, in jail waiting for her trial, a forensic psychiatrist, David Greenberg, um, was treating her. And um, she eventually did admit that it was, in fact, not self-defense that she okay. attacked attacked her mother because she refused to go back to the hospital okay so she did eventually come out and and say that i guess it's australia so it's different but it was still a jury trial yes it was a jury trial there was 12 jurors um which i think is how many we have here too right typically yeah i think so 12 yeah yeah but if you hear if you plead guilty then like there's no trial you, yeah that's true I it's don't think like she sentencing. pled guilty, though. I don't think... Oh, okay. So even though she... I don't know. Do you have to plead? I didn't see anything about how she pled in any of the research I had. Let me look Australia's it up different. Yeah. So. It might be... Because in the U.S., I think you have to enter, like, a guilty or not guilty plea. And if you're saying not guilty, then it can go to trial by yeah. jury. But if, you're, if you enter a guilty plea, I think it just goes to, like, sentencing. the attorneys arguing for, like, your sentencing. Right. So the forensic psychiatrist, Dr. David Greenberg, um, like I said, he treated Jessica and he said that her primary, her primary diagnosis was intellectual disability disorder, autism spectrum disorder, and intermittent explosive disorder, which was the original things that, you know, she was diagnosed diagnosed with. with. Yeah. And that reinforced that Jessica was, you know, prone to triggering and lashing out due to the explosive disorder he stated that he is of the opinion that at the time of the incident jessica likely had the capacity to understand the events and judge whether or not her actions were right or wrong okay yeah and i think that too i mean i really do yeah dr greenberg believed that jessica's mental disorders led to her mother's murder Justice Helen Wilson, who oversaw Jessica's case, had initially charged her with murder, but when the 12 jurors gave their verdict of guilty, they changed the charge to manslaughter instead, based on her mental illness, essentially. Okay. So, on March 12th of 2021, Jessica was sentenced to, or she was charged with manslaughter and sentenced to... 21 years and seven months in prison and a non-parole period of at least 16 years and two months under the section 23a of the crimes act 1900 and so i looked what does up that mean exactly i looked up what the non-parole period is and let me just read it for you really quick so a non-parole period means that the part of a term of imprisonment or period of imprisonment that an offender must serve before the offender is eligible to per- to apply for parole. 
So basically, she has to do the 21 years, and then she also has to do 16 years and two months before she's before eligible she for can parole. Apply. Right. So basically, okay. she's going to spend sense. life in prison, essentially. Well, right. kind of. I mean, it depends on when she, you know, passes away, I guess, but... Yeah, but that's it's more than just the twenty one years in prison, right? Because she's she was twenty seven at the time of the trial, um, so she has twenty one years plus sixteen years, and then the months that she has to serve as well, right? After her sentencing, Jessica sobbed, and the people in the courtroom clapped after the long sentence was delivered. Good. Justice Wilson said that Jessica did not deserve a concession for her mental disabilities. I mean, like. The, the doctor said, like, she, she was competent she was and aware what she was doing. So, like, it's sad that she didn't get the help she needed. But at the same time, like, she clearly knew what she was doing. Yeah. And I believe that, like, on the right combination of medications, like, she could have been, she could have had a semi- seemingly normal life, you know, in the yeah. public world. Well, and I feel like the fact that she did not just, like, murder the four-year-old her nephew proves that she was like at least somewhat aware of what she was doing because like the rage was directed at her mother right and even though she had like previously been jealous of him she still like knew to not murder him exactly justice justice wilson also stated that due to the extreme nature of jessica's crimes a stern sentence was called for yeah Christy, Jessica's older sister, stated to the Sydney court that she will never forgive or forget what her selfish sister did to their mother. She -hmm. said her mother was let down by the mental health system, but that she also blamed Jessica and that she made her own choices and was very aware of all the help her family tried to extend to her. Yeah. Yeah. She said that she was unable to look at her sister in the courtroom. I bet. That's so hard because you lose your mother, but your sister's being charged with it. Like, I just... I I know. How do you even metabolize those feelings? And your son was there when it happened. And your son was there. And that's, like, probably... I mean, he's old enough to remember that forever. Yeah. You know? And that's that's horrifying and and unfair. Completely unfair. Christy said, quote, I don't really care what happens to her from this point on. I'm thankful for a lengthy sentence. That way, members of the community can remain safe. Christy shared that her mother, Rita, was beautiful inside and out and had a heart of gold. And she put all Mm -hmm. others before herself, especially Jessica. And it's really sad because I tried to find more information out about Rita because I wanted to, like, share her life a little bit more. And there was nothing. There was literally nothing. I couldn't find out where she worked. I couldn't find out where she grew up. Nothing. Yeah. It was all about Jessica. That's so sad. Yeah. It is reported that Jessica has done nothing but wreak havoc at Silverwater Women's Correctional Center since the day she arrived. Oh, God. Okay. And she's already had, like, other charges brought forth on her for attacking inmates. Wow. Yep. And that just proves that it's more than just, like, a random act against her mother. And she's probably on medication in prison, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, she probably is. it's still not helping. And we probably could have inferred that it wasn't just a random act. But, like, also it was clearly driven by, like, her fear of going to a mental hospital and, like 
her being angry at her mother for wanting to do that. But the fact that she's like still aggressive and physically harming people in prison proves that like she clearly was dangerous and deserved the sentence she got. Absolutely. 110% she deserved that sentence. But that is all I have for you guys today. That's the horrifying case of the murder of Rita Camilleri by her daughter, Jessica. I just can't imagine the fear that woman must have felt being in that situation. I mean, it's just disgusting and wrong on so many levels. And all she wanted to do was help Help. her daughter. I know. Like, she tried every single thing she could. And this is a great example of, like, not enabling your children, which I don't think she necessarily enabled her outright, but I do think that being you know reassuring her that she would not call the you know ambulance to come take her to the to the mental hospital um you know may have contributed to this incident because when someone is that mentally ill sometimes you just have to put your personal feelings aside and do what's best for that person and that goes for like all kinds of situations especially and I know it's hard when you're a mom and that's your kid like you don't want to hurt them but you know if it it could have been someone else it could have been that four-year-old little boy it could have been the neighbors it could have been anyone I mean it's horrific that it was her own mother but like at the same time think like yeah people are probably thankful that it was her own mother you know yeah, because who knows what could... I mean, she was walking out to show the neighbors her mother's head. Mm-hmm. Who knows what she would have done when she got there. Like, exactly. I know. Yeah. Wow, I feel so bad for Rita because it just... I know. She didn't deserve that. She did everything she could and... And she still had a lot of life left in her. I mean, she was 57 years old and, you know, she had this yeah. beautiful little grandson and another daughter and it's just so unfair yeah. that her life was taken from her like this so heartbreaking yeah but that's all i have for you guys today i will be posting you know this case on our facebook and instagram thank you guys so much for listening as always until monday keep it human bye everyone